This episode of the Astro Powder Podcast is brought to you by Gama. Gama powder coating systems offer you greater efficiencies while producing high quality results. We provide the very best in powder delivery, application technology, and connectivity for smarter factory automation. With Gama, you get maximum performance and repeatability whether you are on the shop floor or away from it. For a demonstration, call 877 437 6771. Once again, that's 877-437-6771. And be sure to mention, Ask Joe sent me. When you want to know that everything is covered, complete it with Gama. Hey all you powder coating fans. Welcome to episode number 19 of the Astro Powder Podcast. Thanks a bunch for taking time to join us. We really appreciate your support. I'm your host, Joe Powder, a.k.a. Kevin Miller, and ringing in 2021 with me is my esteemed colleague, sidekick, and Ryan Seacrest ain't got nothing on this guy, Nathan, he's our powder coating formulator dude. Welcome to 2020 Part Due. We're broadcasting from the Powder Coating Research Group studios in Columbus, Ohio. Just so you know, the purpose of the Ask Joe Powder podcast is to bring news and technical know-how to the global powder coating community. Let's get it rolling. Okay, but before we do... Shout out. I'd like to do a shout out. This one's for a dear friend and one of the pioneers in powder coating technology, Sergio Getzea. Sergio heads up the Getzea Consulting Group, which is located in Romano Tezzilino, which is just outside of Bassana del Grappo in Veneto, Italy. Now, you heard I said Grappa. Grappa, that's... uh. That's the home of the mysterious and delicious liqueur, Grappa. Anyway, Sergio and his team develop and synthesize new resin technology for the powder coating industry. Sergio has been developing solid resins for powder coatings since he got started in the industry in 1972, and he's worked with some of the major resin producers throughout his career, namely Herxt, Vianova, Solutia, and UCB, which eventually became SciTech and is now Allnex. He's been an integral part of the development of both carboxyl and hydroxyl functional polyesters, additives, and he has U.S. patents in just a number of areas, uh, including low-temperature cure, uh, matting techniques, notably uh, UV-curable powders, and also specialty flow modifiers. Since leaving the corporate world in 2004, Sergio and his team have created uh, what I mentioned, the Getzea Consulting SRL. They're a multifaceted organization that provides resin technology, help with risk management, financial services, and advice about real estate. So shout out to my good friend, Sergio. Okay, now it's time for news in our Guess What segment. Guess what? 
Okay, we've got an article here from PCI Magazine, and there's a new partnership between Axonobel and Prismatic Powders. So now through an e-commerce solution, customers can order less than a single box of selected Interpon ready-to-ship powders. There's nearly 500 to choose from. So those of you that are from the industrial side of the industry are probably familiar with Axonobel. They're an enormous, giant um, supplier of paints, coatings, and um, various materials like that. Um, and those of you who are, you know, maybe DIYers, job shops, or, you know, smaller outfits are probably familiar with Prismatic. That's where you, a lot of people go to get a couple pounds up to maybe, you know, 50 or 100 pounds at a time. So this is really interesting. They're going to be making a large amount of the inner pond powders from Axon Nobel available through the e-commerce um, online site. In particular, they're saying that, you know, standard delivery will be one to three days, and they'll have a service to even get it um, possibly the same day to customers in the United States and Canada. Yeah, it's an interesting thing, Nate. You, you see these uh, these BMF uh, um, powder coating uh, companies where they finally realize that they can't do things like the small guys can. Mm-hmm. So they end up the buying or partnering with the small guys uh, to provide the synergy necessary to meet the customers. It's probably not a bad model. It makes a lot of sense. Uh, not everybody's, you know, looking to buy a skid of powder at a time. So this makes yeah. a lot more material available to a lot more people. Interesting. Uh, the next uh, news item we have is from an industry insider, and this uh, is with regards to the American Coding Show. The conference up till now had been scheduled for April 2021, but uh, we hear from our sources it's going to be organized for June, and it'll be in Pittsburgh. So stay tuned, my friends, for that one. We'll have more when we find out. Okay, and this one comes from PPCJ. The British Coatings Federation has welcomed the news of a free trade agreement between the UK and EU. So it's a bit of a late decision, but the this FTA will mean, among other, other things, that BCF members will be able to benefit from tariff-free trade with the EU in the future. So they're estimating that this will save tariff costs of around 100 million pounds for coatings and printing ink sectors across Europe. It's funny how everybody's scrambling in, in the UK uh, with you know the, the advent of Brexit. It's like one of those things. i got to believe a lot of people are saying, be careful what you wish for. But you know, we wish them the best of luck, of course. So now it's time for the Q&A portion of our podcast. Do you have a question? Ask Joe Powder. Well, you can ask him. Ask Joe Powder. He has the answer. That'll advance your powder coating. It's the Ask Joe Powder podcast. Our first question comes from Paul Muthaya from Burn Manufacturing in Nairobi, Kenya. He says, hi, Joe. Hope you're well. I have a quick question. Is it possible to powder coat galvanized sheets? 
We tried powder coating some sheets, and the adhesion was very poor. Hi, Paul. Um, yeah, I hope things in Nairobi are going well. And to answer your question, indeed, powder coatings can be applied to galvanized steel. What's really important, you mentioned that you're having trouble with adhesion, and the thing that's critical here, Paul, is that you carefully prepare the surface before applying the powder. And what I would recommend is thoroughly cleaning it and also uh, doing some type of abrading of the surface. Um, you can either use a blasting media if you've got that type of uh, capability, or you can use uh, kind of a medium-grade sandpaper. I'd recommend something around maybe 100 to 120 grit. Uh, the other thing that you should be aware of is it's helpful to preheat the galvanized part before powder coating, preheated at, at around 180 degrees uh, Celsius. You can let it cool down to, I don't know, something above room temperature and apply the coating to the warm part. Uh, this would minimize the emission of hydrogen gas, which can cause unsightly pinholes in the coating. So hope this helps, Paul, and I uh, hope things are going well in Nairobi. Warm regards, Joe. And now... A word from our sponsors. Whether you're the shop manager, system engineer, or powder coder, once you decide to make GEMA an integral part of your shop, you'll understand how simple it is to be so productive. For a demonstration, call 877-437-6771. Once again, that's 877 877- Four three seven six seven seven one, and be sure to mention "Ask Joe sent me." When you want to know that everything is covered, complete it with Gamma. The Powder Coating Research Group is a proud sponsor of the Ask Joe Powder Podcast. PCR is the only independent laboratory dedicated to powder coating technology. We do everything from raw material evaluation formulating the next generation of coatings, new product development, testing, troubleshooting, training, and consulting. To find out more, visit our website at powdercoatingresearch.com or you can email Kevin Biller at kevinbiller at yahoo.com. Thanks for listening to the Astro Powder Podcast. All right, and our next question comes from Oslem in Turkey. Dear Joe, <clears throat> what is the best way to measure weatherability in the cheapest way? QUV, xenon arc, or solar box? I want to get a machine for my laboratory. And what is your suggestion? Okay, Oslem, um, thanks for your um, question. It's a good one, and it's one that you know the coatings industry, I'm sure uh, allied industries as well, have always wondered how can you do accelerated weathering testing. And, well, the, the short answer, uh, the best way to measure weatherability is to place the coating samples in outdoor conditions in a natural environment. Typically, it's South Florida. Uh, in, in Asia, sometimes people use Okinawa. South uh, India, I'm sure, as well. But your question is how to do accelerated weathering. Okay, so the second best weathering simulation technique, and I'm saying, you know, as far as getting um, really meaningful data, 
is using concentrated sunlight through the use of solar reflectors and a water mist, and it's commonly known as Amaqua, or Equatorial Mount with Mirrors for Acceleration and Water. Uh, this is covered by the ASTM method D4141. Why this is a relevant and, and meaningful technique is that it uses real solar energy, but it's concentrated, so it accelerates uh, the exposure and, and thereby reduces the time needed to uh, get results. Part of the test is the amount of solar energy is measured. Uh, and like I said, it's concentrated because of the mirrors, but it's measured and then it's compared to historical data from South Florida exposure and then correlated to the number of months of typical exposure. This technique is rather expensive, so you know, keep that in mind. The next best technique is Xenon Arc Weatherometer. Uh, ASTM has a method which is D6695. Uh, that correlates with ISO's 11341 test method. So the, the, the usefulness of this is the, the wavelengths of the xenon arc emission are pretty close to sunlight. That being said, these cabinets are relatively expensive to buy and they're costly to operate. So the, the next accelerated weathering technique uh, in, in my list would be QUV, which is ISO 11507 or the ASTM D4587. This is a tried and true method, but it's not as representative of sunlight as these tests that I've described already. In using QUV, I would recommend uh, the 340 uh, wavelength lamps uh, because other lamps, in particular the the B313 lamps, uh, are too damaging, especially to polyester resin backbones that are common in powder coatings. And and you know they're they're too damaging, but they think they're artificially too damaging, and you may get some uh, not very accurate results. QUV cabinets are much less expensive than the, their Xenon Arc counterparts. Uh, and, you know, sometimes you can get them on the used market for really a good bargain. The last thing I want to mention is uh, something I've done in, in the past is uh, build a rack and expose test panels nearby your own facility as well. It's uh, meaningful data. It's something that you can have, you know, for a long-term kind of insurance policy. And it's uh, not difficult to do, and, and it's uh, very cost-effective. So, Oslam, I hope this helps, and kindest regards, Joe. Yeah, and I just want to mention the. a lot of people ask the question, you know, how many hours of QUV translates to how many years in Florida? And, um, you know, the truth is that there's not a real perfect correlation between those things so you're kind of talking about like these it, in this order they're probably um most relevant or most correlated to outdoor exposure but you can't really say oh it went 1600 hours qvb so that means that it's a five-year florida coating 
there these tests are more used for um, for specification testing or for comparative testing where you can put in multiple different variables and say this one outlasted the other um, com- comparable coding formulations. Absolutely, Nate. And the other thing that uh, the experts that you know make these instruments, they'll say, run your coatings in outdoor durability uh, and get your results, and then take the same coating and run it in the accelerated exposure cabinet, and then you develop your own correlation, mm-hmm. which... Yeah, that's kind of defeats the purpose of accelerated testing uh, in, in a way. So. <laughs> right. Anyway. Okay. And uh, our next question comes from Joe Hunt in Freeburg, Illinois. He says, hi, Joe. We're having a problem with one of our texture paints. It's a light color and has areas where it looks like you can see the substrate through it. We do a film thickness check and we get a reading of 60 plus microns. We've also done an MEK solvent rub test on the area that looks light and passed, with no drop in the reading after. We're concerned since we have a customer returning product because it looks light. Any ideas? Well, um, Joe, uh, thanks for your question. And this is an age-old problem with textured powder coatings. And when I'm talking about textured powder coatings, I'm talking about the ones that are, are fairly textured. I'm not talking about the... Uh, lopy, kind of orange peely ones. I'm talking about the ones that have a pretty aggressive texture. And we see this more commonly in, you know, white or light colored ones. So, you know, that that's something that is very um, common in our industry. So you mentioned that your film thickness readings are over 60 microns. This measurement is a good place to start, but you have to take into consideration uh, that a film gauge is measuring the tallest peaks. The valleys are significantly thinner than this reading. Consequently, 60 microns is probably too thin to provide complete coverage and opacity. Um, I recommend that you increase the thickness of the coating by applying more powder to your parts. And I guess that sounds seems pretty obvious. But increasing the thickness of a highly textured powder will get this job done. Accomplishing this might not be so easy. You may have to slow down your line a little bit. You may have to maybe add a couple guns or have a touch-up station. So you're, you're going to have to kind of play with your application conditions to accomplish this. But I think what you'll find is if you get the film thickness range up, and I, I'm saying you know target something closer to 80 microns maybe, uh, I think you're going to find acceptable hiding. And then kind of use this as your benchmark for, you know, all the work that you do with a textured coating. So the other thing I want to mention, you know, you've got the the um, aesthetics that you're going to be concerned with. Your customers said they don't like it because it looks like they don't have complete coverage. But, you know, if you don't have con- complete coverage, uh, you're, you're running the risk of damaging the durability of the coating in particular, the corrosion resistance. If you've got some voids in the film, uh, very quickly if the coating is exposed to anything in the environment, uh, you're going to start seeing corrosion. So, hope this helps you a lot, Joe. Take care. Best regards, Joe. Before we wrap up, 
Let's fill you in on some upcoming events. Hey, friends, where are we going? To an upcoming event. Okay. Uh, the Powder Coating Week, that's the Powder Coating Institute's combination uh, technical conference, the Custom Coders Forum, and the Powder Coating Workshop. That's moved to April. The European Coating Show has been rescheduled for September. That's the 14th through 16th of September in 2021. The American Coating Show, uh, we just got word that it's been moved to June, um, which is pushed back from April. And Abra Fati, that's the Brazilian International Coating Show, is going to take place the 28th through 30th of September 2021. Uh, Paint and Coatings in Barcelona is the 1st and 2nd of June 2021. The Eastern Coating Show, that's the Atlantic City, New Jersey Coating Show, that's going to be the 9th through 11th of June 2021 and uh, where can the people find the ask joe powder column okay if you're into more traditional means of uh reaching the ask joe powder q a uh in print uh it's published in powder coated tough magazine which is a flagship of the powder coating institute that's published six times a year um, you can also find it in PPCJ, which is published out of the UK, and it's the Polymers Paint and Color Journal. Uh, Ask Joe appears in that. And you can find it on PCI Magazine's uh, website under the Finishing Flash tab. And you can find us online at askjoepowder.com. You can subscribe to hear the podcast on any of your preferred apps or sites. Um, Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon, etc. We have a YouTube channel and a Twitter page that sometimes are updated every once in a while. And if you want to send in a question, the email address is askjoepowder at yahoo.com or you can call in and leave us a message at country code 1-478-2-ASK-JOE. That's 1-478-227-227. 5563. This has been a production of the Powder Coating Research Group. Thanks to Nick for doing music and editing and all that sort of stuff. And don't call me Shirley. And don't forget, keep your powder dry. Thank you for listening to the Ash Joe Powder Podcast. This episode was brought to you by Gama. Gama's Optiflex Pro Manual Gun uses Power Boost technology, which gives you the industry's highest charging power at 110,000 volts and 110 microamps, allowing for faster and more efficient powder coating. We're handing you more power, more quality, and more control. For a demonstration, call 877-437-6771. Once again, that's 877-437-6771. And be sure to mention, Ask Joe sent me. When you want to know that everything is covered, complete it with Gama. This one's going to be fun. You tell me when you're ready, Nick.
I've done been ready. So, you know, that that's something that is very um, common in our industry. So, <laughs> he read this phrase now. Okay. <laughs> you mentioned that your film thickness readings are over 60 microns. This measurement is a good place to start, but you have to take into consideration uh, um, 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 um 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 um